Now boarding for Rebuild of Joycast, your weekly destination for anime, manga, and more. Happy Golden Week, boys and girls. Yeah, there's some manga we still gotta talk about, but we're gonna chamber that for later because we have a special guest with us this week um, to kind of help bolster our week off from manga that comes next. We're here with our dearest, loveliest, sexiest boy, Freddie Hines. You know him from My Hero Academia, Highway Blossoms, and the Fairy's Tales Audible series. Uh, anything else I'm missing, Freddie? <laughs> Um, ho hopefully soon, uh, we're, we're gonna be going, I'm gunning for the end of this month, but, uh, hopefully the next month, but soon, there'll be another audiobook, uh, called, like, uh, Ashner's, um, uh, The Calling of the Ashner, or something like that. I'll, I'll, I'll put out the full details on Twitter, but yeah! And other than that, just doing nothing but auditioning, just grinding, grinding my gears. As is the life of a voice actor yeah, of the professional the sort. Be. Speaking of My Hero Academia, are we going to be talking about that today? Or are we sticking to the topic I've been waiting for for months? We're not talking about, like I said, the pre-Golden Week manga this week went super hard. Like, exceedingly hard to the fact where I really need to catch up with One Piece. Yes, you do. Before we have our pre-Golden Week discussion, because... That chapter, 1044, Ooh. Twitter popped off. I need to catch up ASAP. So in order to delay before that discussion, as well as my hero, we're gonna we're gonna save up and do another catch-up week soon. I don't know when. There's a lot of finales to catch up with right now, gang. Because Attack on Titan is gonna end this coming week. But what mm. happened that ended this week for this season is none other than probably the greatest anime of all time. Ranking of Kings, or Osama Ranking. Boys, how much do we love this anime? With all my goddamn heart. And my balls. <laughs> which is why I'm also going to critique it where I feel like it it's not that good. I'm a contrarian, Ivan, so when people are sucking the dick of something that I love too much, I have to come in and say, now, now, let's all calm down a moment. Well, let's be frank, you don't have to. You're not even special, Val, because that's just me too. <laughs> You're right. I'm a fucking fraud. <laughs> what did you... Well, what about you, though, I'm gonna Freddy? say beforehand, we've talked... We brought this up. Basically, right before we switched to Rebuild of Joycast, we had a live stream called Saturday Jump, and that's where we first evangelized Ranking of Kings. And then one of the earliest episodes that's of right. Joycast, we talked about it again, and that's where we brought off our criticisms. So I think we need to start from the beginning, like really reset and go, all right, audience, it's not a joke now. You really need to watch this. We really need to sell this. And we'll start with Freddy's impressions. Starting from the beginning, we will work for our way from the beginning to the very end Whoa. of this series. Wow. Oh, okay, okay. So we'll, we'll start yeah, from the beginning of the Yeah, but Freddy, show, what do you love about this? Okay. Oh, man. Okay, Okay. because the one thing I have to mention before I like, really, really get into this is uh, Val and I had a conversation, very brief about it, while we were killing monsters and slaying things in Elden Ring. Uh, and at first, we both kind of agreed this show is really, like, one of the Achilles heels we thought originally, at least I thought originally, was uh, how much forgiveness is in this show. But I kind of had to rethink to myself, and, I, and I'm sorry, Val, I really didn't think about it mm -hmm. again. But forgiveness is like the main theme yes. of the show. And it's showing us like how it actually, I mean, I mean how it works. And that's why like I kind of take it back. It's actually one of its uh, greatest strengths. But it is like Lord of the Rings reference here. It is, it was on the edge of a knife. And it did it just right. Yes. I was worried it was going to be too much. It did it just yeah, right. Yeah, so I assume you had this discussion about the penultimate episode. Because Steen and I also had this going on. But Steena, I think amongst all of us in this little book club, anime book club that was watching this, Steena was the most universally positive about that forgiveness thing. <laughs> Whereas I was probably second place on it. And I'm glad you're on the same boat, Freddy. So Val, maybe you are the contrarian <laughs> about how maybe they were just a little too forgiving. I agree. It was a bit... I, I like that they did. It just felt like whiplash. I, I, all I have to say, all you have to say is them war crimes. 
them I know war them crimes. war crimes, but this is a fairy tale. Remember, Val, this is a fairy tale. Yeah, right. Remember, I know all the fucked up shit that happened in this series. That's why it's an edge of a knife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Makes you forget, but this is a fairy tale. For and sure. I think that's the best way to begin discussing this series to someone who's very new to this. Ranking of Kings looks like a fairy tale storybook. Like one of those old, what? Remember those books when you're getting a haircut as a kid? Those old ass books? And you're waiting for your mom to get done and you see this pile of dirty old books. And they're oh, all 100%. Yeah. yeah. They look like those with the golden binder. The, you know what? They'd be the, um, the, the barbershop books. Yeah, the, the gold spine. I, I know, mm -hmm. like, this, this is probably a millennial thing. So our audience definitely doesn't know, but those really old storybooks, that's what it is sold like. But then as you continue and you deep dive into this series, when we were doing Saturday Jump, we called it the Game of Thrones of anime. That is an insult to Ranking of Kings. Mm -hmm. It is even more dark and convoluted in a good way though. Like Game of Thrones couldn't stick the landing, Although it's a little whiplashy, Ranking of Kings sticks the landing and winks at the camera and goes, would you like me to do one more big trick before we go? I mean, this thing is, it's, this series has so much heart. So let's summarize. This is about a character named Boiji. He is um, born with a disability. He is deaf and mute. Wait, wait, Not wait, mute. He can make noises. Boiji? Boiji. Uh, Boji. It should be Boji. They all Bo say different ways. Every character says it differently. There's Byoji, Gyotsi, Boji. Like it's it's different every time. Crazy. I swear to God. They're never <laughs> they're never consistent how they say this I, name. I, I will interject, by the way, before before we move on completely. One of the things I remember just saying to you, Freddie, the other day was it's almost Steven Universe-esque in its levels of forgiving an antagonist. But You're right. Yes, it does it better than Steven Universe did. Yes, I it mean, does. Yeah, far better. At the very least, Miranjo went to hell for like a solid five minutes before yes. being and they forgiven. Still, and they still ask her to pay for it too. We should yeah. have spoilers. Um, actually, that, that was one again, question. and it continues on that theme of the fairy tale. But yeah, please put a pin in that because that is true, very true. Important. Yeah, true. It's You're gonna right. be good. We're starting from the beginning of the show. We swear. <laughs> yeah, Prince Boji. He's he's the prince of a very powerful king in a world where all the kings and all the kingdoms are ranked in a numeral system. This is important. This is done. I like how they explain this in the end because they don't explain immediately. And that's a running theme in this series. I think that's my biggest criticism of the series is that nothing is explained immediately on purpose. I mean, good. Like they're just honestly. they're they're actively withdrawing information for you because if you knew it all the way, it wouldn't have the same stakes. That's my biggest criticism of the series. Otherwise, I basically love everything about this. Um, but anyways, so all the kings are ranked. This is because it is for the good of the people. If the kings are competing with each other, because they're, they're, they're not just ranked on strength, also how they inspire the confidence of their subjects, how prosperous the kingdom is. So basically, if you don't have free healthcare in your kingdom, get fucked. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, so yeah, you can imagine how much we're ranked. Uh, this is uh, for the good of the people, but it's played up like a shonen, all right? These kings are fucking competitive with each other to the point where some kings get very underhanded, which just so happens to be Boji's father, who is a giant. Boji's this tiny little deaf mute child, but his father is a, a giant, and he's hailed as the most powerful king. In terms of his strength stat is S, the rest of his stats are like B at best. Was he like ranked like number nine? No, no, he yes. actually was ranked number one. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He never. was never ranked number one. Or else he would have gone mad. He would have gotten the prize, probably, that they talk about and gone mad, yeah. but th that is neither here nor there. Which they right never now. show. One thing they never show is the prize, and I'm yeah. so upset. I, I, no, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, yeah, it, it, you it like the me... mystery. You know what? Yeah, I appreciate the subtext as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, you want know, it. For, for, for the character, what he was, that, that makes a lot more sense, and I'm actually, I feel better about it, because I, I was worried. I mean, I, I saw somewhere it said like he was number one at the time, but I'm I'm, I'm no that you I, think he's number. But basically, as this because I said this series slowly presents information. So in the, like the first couple episodes, you assume he's the number one, and then someone comes to evaluate and goes, "Yeah, you dropped to number nine. and he's like, "What the fuck?" And oh, you, he did. I, and you, so he dropped to number nine. Yeah, he was like number That's like six or eight or something. I don't know. But then the audience goes, "Oh my god, this guy's only number nine? 
And then you start meeting the other guys up top, and it's so crazy. Mm. Yeah, but as Val mentioned, there's a prize. If you get number one, you get a prize, and apparently the prize turns you mad. Well, specifically, specifically, there are many prizes you could choose from. It's just the very best one yeah. might send you mad. Yes, because it, but you're, you're so spoiled from choice, it fucks you up. Like, the number one doesn't last long, because this always fucks them up. I love that. Mm. Um, but anyway, so Bochi, no one respects him. The kingdom mocks him. All of his subjects and protectors don't believe in him, but Boji is one of the best protagonists. He's not better than, if you saw us for our Crunchyroll Anime Awards discussion, he's not better than Odakawa, but Boji's still a great protagonist. He's very positive. He brings out the best in people because he forgives them. He never holds things against people because forgiveness, as Freddy said, is the central theme of the story without them ever blatantly talking mm -hmm. about forgiveness which is brilliant. But yeah, so Boji meets this little shadow gremlin who is from the Shadow Clan. This is a clan of people that were genocided by members of Boji's kingdom. He's one of the last of his kind. He gets a backstory where it's absolutely tragic, but before then he just like mocks Boji. He steals Boji's clothes. He goes, hey, come back here every day and give me your clothes because you're so weak and I'll beat you up. And Boji's just excited that someone's talking to him. So he keeps bringing clothes to him. And eventually, they just start forming a friendship because Boji's a loser. And the, this little shadow gremlin named Kage is also a loser. Yeah. And they're like, you and me, we're going to rise to the ranks. We're going to become the number one king, baby. And they start working towards that. It was a different kingdom, I believe. That genocided his people, actually. It was like a light kingdom or something like that. It looks like, it looks similar they all had the spears. Uh, it looks similar because they, they, they didn't... They had, like, a swamp yeah. bordering their kingdom. It was it was like the, the grassy fields that you see in, like, Boss's kingdom, yeah, but yeah. no, it, it was a different it was, place. It was, it, was a, it was a kingdom of light, if you remember. Like, it was a whole, like, like brigade, like, literally that, like, emphasized the symbolism of being, like, the light, and they were killing every single, like, member of the uh, Shadows clan. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Um, so... They form a friendship. While this is going on, there is a conspiracy in the kingdom. So Bo so the king boss, Boji's father, is dying. And he dies. Boji should be the next king. But they instead give it to his stepbrother. Uh, Daida, or not stepbrother, half-brother. Mm -hmm. His mother's the stepbrother. So his biological mother is dead. His new stepmother is the next queen. And her son that she sided with boss becomes the new king. And everyone's like, what the hell? That's not how that's supposed to work. Boji's the older brother. But they're like, Boji is a laughing stock. Boji sucks, they all say. It has to be Data. And Data is like the perfect Sasuke. He's yes. not edgy. He's so, like, you believe that, yeah, Data is the best possible king they have available to them. He's a good guy, but he's a little too serious about his job. So that makes him a bit cold and distant to his brother. He's not a bad guy, but he takes his job very seriously. That makes him seem cold. He beats that boy to a pulp in the first episode. Because he looked at his brother that was like in the way of things. That's what, that's what we're saying. Yeah, because he, he takes his job seriously. He's like, yeah, you're my brother. I love you, but I have to always operate at my 210% best. Right. Because that is what this kingdom deserves. Man could have bonked him on the head once and been done with it. He sent him to the goddamn. Damn ya! No, he he wanted he wanted to send it a point. And they would have and they would have reduced his kingdom's ranking because of it. Because that's how serious this game is. And all of the subjects, everyone takes sides. Some people are on Boji's side, some people are on Data's side. People switch sides in the middle of episodes. It is this constant cyclical wheel of loyalty, and it is insane. Every character gets a great moment. Every, you will have a favorite amongst this cast. Yeah, everybody gets a spotlight. Character economy is key. Pretty sure me and Freddy are in a Bebin yeah. camp. No, me too. No, Bebin's the best. He looks like uh, Dev Patel from The Green Knight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned that before. And he has snakes. He has snakes Snake that man. he controls, and they all watch the kingdom. It's great. The only thing I have to disagree with, like, at, at first is, like, you know, um, honestly, I felt like there was only, like, a couple of people on Boji's side at first. It was everyone was going with, with Dida, even, like, the people. Apeus claimed to be on 
Boji's side. No, he he absolutely was. Even in his heart, I feel like the entire time in the show, he absolutely was on Boji's side. He liked Naranjo more. We're getting to yes. Naranjo is the villain, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, basically, he basically between Naranjo and Boji, he would choose Naranjo first. But if it wasn't for her. He'd be on Boji's side. Um, yep. who is Boji's sword trainer? His name eludes me. Oh shoot, that's um. Oh. His name eludes me because to me he's fucking traitor. Oh yeah, no yeah, traitorous dog. We said it. He's the Yamcha of the group. <laughs> Dimus. Di it starts with a D. I swear it does. Um, Domus or Domus yeah. or something. What dumbasses? I'll call him. Yeah, he's. Oh, we keep forgetting. He is like the fourth guy, like the sword, right? Because there's yes. the shield, the spear, the sword, and then I don't yes. know the fists. <laughs> Something. The, yeah, the four weapons. The other guy's just the guy who gets beat up. He's the body. He's the human shield. Oh, he's amazing. Uh, Dorche. But yeah, but but Domus is also on Boji's side until Data starts giving him orders because again, I love Boji, but I have to answer to the king. So what happens is that Data becomes the king. They take him into this basement, this cryptic. Eldritchian Horror Dungeon. Love this. This is when the series starts getting fucked up. And they literally take the old King Boss's body, put it in a grinder and turn it into a smoothie, and they force feed it to Dida. Yep. Mixed with the, um, the, the, what was it? The blood of a phoenix. Like, I, I love- The head of a phoenix. They chop a phoenix's head off and they mix it in the smoothie. I thought it was like a cockatiel or something like that. No, no, it was, it was a phoenix. a mix of everything. The, the, the reason why, like, they did it like that- It was a chimera. It, it was a whole mix of it, because, like, it was, like, a representation of, like, you know, immortality and rebirth mm. and all that. It was yes. nuts. I loved it. I get, I get, and we have to keep pushing this. Anime lacks good fantasy. We've said this about yeah. Isekai. Isekai has become a lazy excuse for fantasy. That's one of the reasons why Regular Kings is so good, because it is a breath of fresh air to just get a good fantasy. And you get it here. And you not just like a fairy tale storybook kind of fantasy, but also a grim dark. This is this lines up with Berserk in sometimes. Sometimes you feel like this stands shoulder to shoulder with, with the Golden Age Berserk arc. I would recommend actually if you want a decent fantasy anime. It's a bit all over the place, but uh Records of Lotus War. It's freaking Records cool. of Lotus War. Yeah. We'll give it a shot. Yeah, I'll I'll check it out. Very Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, we should watch yeah. it together later so, sometime. <laughs> Maybe. Ooh. Book club. Um yeah, so <laughs> they so basically after Dida drinks the smoothie King Boss takes over his body, and Dida's soul gets sent to this shadow dimension where he meets Maranjo. Maranjo is this mirror who's actually been tutoring Dida through his entire youth to make him the proper king. Dida has been groomed to be a new vessel for Boss. That's the reason why Boji gets cast aside. Everyone just saved Boji's ass, and that is sick. So you start reading, and that's the, that's when you get your first indication that this is gonna be cyclical <gasps> about how they um, switch sides and allegiances. So now Dida is King Boss. May, may I interject a moment? Yes. I need I need to call you out on something, Ivan. I accuse you of of being a Dida loyalist and spreading propaganda. You missed out the bit where before any of this happens, he orders. With manipulation from Moranjo, yes, you can argue that. He orders Boji, Boji to be die. fucking put down. Right. I thought that was after King Boss took him over. No, no, no. no. It was before Boss took him over. This is before, yeah. He did it because he literally was like, for the best of the kingdom, I have to have him out of the way. No opposition to my ruling. He ordered him to die. Exactly. Again, he takes the game seriously. You and, and Boji, because Boji respects the game. Boji respects the game. Oh, yeah, no, he does. Again, it's about forgiveness. It's about the fact that they do this for the kingdom and for the people. And, and and you gotta respect it. Oh yeah, for sure. But the bit where he like beats him up is before he's even king. Or right. Anything. This is wild. <laughs> this is like first episode. Nothing's really on the table right now. And then the Well he knows he knows he's going for it though. Like Dida's ready to take that. Dida's crown. ready to kill this motherfucker for Dude, it. It's yeah, like, so you know, anyway, it's... so anyways, don't make me regret me liking that penultimate episode. Well, wait, 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 <laughs> did, did you catch yourself? Like, did, did you did you totally notice? Because when you mentioned earlier, they're like, oh, this boy died as the perfect Sasuke, and yet, quote-unquote, he became a vessel for boss. That means this was, like, the first, like, successful Orochimaru <laughs> vessel takeover. There you go. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. Perfect, Dida. You're my little boss boy now. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, because Mar it's because Maranjo is like the most on it of anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So Maranjo is this sorcerer. She groomed Di Dida 
which is gonna be a thing. Emphasis on groomed, because this is what I have a problem with. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, the episode. Yep. That's neither here or there right now, so. How yeah. else will you get clean? Oops. Yeah, so he's, King Boss is now Dida. Dida's in the Shadow Dimension, where he meets the true soul of Moranjo, where we get her backstory that she was the daughter of a sorcerer, and the kingdom that they helped turned on them and fucking killed them. And then she came back because she was so fucking pissed. She was so gay and angry that she came back to fuck the world. <laughs> um, and she befriends King Boss in his youth. Boss at the time is just a wandering giant who just wants a good fight. And he realizes the best fight of his life will be playing this ranking of kings. And so they work together. The problem is that Moranjo takes it a little too seriously. Boss starts to get a little too, bit too attached to his kids, where Moranjo's like, we're gonna set things up here, and we're gonna keep playing this game, and, and we're gonna have your kids as little, like, contingency plans if you die, so you'll have this internal reign. At, at that point, Boss is just like, oh no, we're going too far. But the problem is that, much like Dida, he also takes this game very seriously, so when he comes back, he's like, fuck, I'm back in the game. There's nothing I can do. Um, <laughs> the penultimate episode, as you were saying, it brought me around on boss. Because mm -hmm. back in previous podcast name, insert here please, days, it eludes me right now. We were like, why are these Saturday jump. people being so goddamn cryptic on everything? What is going on with these people? Because most of them, like the audience, don't know what the fuck is going on. Everyone has a piece of the story, but it's mostly Moranjo. Mm. Mostly it's just Moranjo and Boss withholding information from everyone, mm. including the audience. And again, that's my biggest criticism, because they have very random flashbacks. We definitely talked about this in an early episode of Rebuild a Joycast here, where I talk about the fact that sometimes too many flashbacks is a bad thing, where your story is no longer in the present, it's in the past. Your entire series is less about the story and more about the context, and that is the very fine line tightrope that this series plays with. Thank God the latter episodes stop this. Now see, I actually brought that up to Freddy in our conversation the other day, and that's where Freddy said, too much forgiveness, and I was like, yeah, I understand that. I get that. I kind of see where you're coming from. But 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 that's why I also took it back. And uh, honestly, but from from the way again, like, because we're not gonna try to jump ahead too far. No, no. But the way like that, like this whole thing ended, like, I think actually it was done just right. I liked the fact that we didn't get too much information right away. Uh, I actually very much liked the uh, the, the cryptic messages. Yep. It was well done. Yeah, no, I, I, and when, when it's all said and done, I am wholly satisfied with the series. But let's continue on. So Boji goes on a journey. Basically, they got to keep the kid preoccupied. They want him out of the kingdom because they're trying to kill his ass Boji now. and uh, Kage, 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 the little yeah. shadow guy, become very good friends. Then Kage, when he, like, pledges his loyalty to Boji at some point, Bebin, best boy, guy who looks like Green Knight, motherfucker, whatever his name was that you said. Captured him, right? Um, catches him. And he's kind of like, look, I know what your people are about, being a racist and all. And uh, he's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, I know about you people. Die. Well, no, no, no. He, he, he was like that at first, but like, you know, because remember, like, then like, he told him, like, hey, well, then go protect Boji. Like, I think he heard him out and he heard out, like, his side of the story. Look, Bebin saw a, Bebin saw a shadow man in, in the kingdom and he said, not in my goddamn backyard, he's not coming in. Yeah, because he take everyone, he's one like died, he's like died his initial camp because they take the job seriously. Yeah, no. So the stepmother, who just looks like the most stereotypical stepmother in a fairy tale. Got that sexy Like she's nose. very strict <laughs> and mean, but you realize she is the way that she is because again, flashbacks bring context. She loves Boji. She wants to be in his life, but she also more importantly wants to protect him. So she sends him on a mission just to get him out of the kingdom so they don't try any funny business. But of course, the person that she sends, Domas, dumbass, uh. to send him on this escort mission, he's the one who's taxed to kill him. So he does it. He pushes Boji in a pit. And Boji and Kage fall into hell, where they go to the underworld, where they meet one of the most powerful kings, who my mother says in the Japanese dub sounds like Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> you can't forget about his other attendant, Hokuro. 
Hokuro, probably the most loyal, actual best boy sitting in Boji's camp. God damn, I love Hokuro. Domas is basically Squire. Yeah. Basically. Well, I mean, but like, what's crazy is like, in the end, after like Domas like pushed the Boji over, Hokuro like turns around and is like, yo, why'd you do that? And immediately attacks him. And even though he's way weaker than Domas, that's true loyalty right there. Look, Hokuro turns around and says, You fucked up! Yeah, because even Domus is like, You're gonna are you prepared to die? Hokuro literally turns around. Uh, wait, wait, did you, what did you say that what? Did you say No he no Domus says, no. Are you prepared to fucking die for this shit? And he's like, Yeah! Yeah, yes. let's fucking go. And he he goes <laughs> And Domus says and Dumbass goes, Fuck yeah, I wanna die. I fucking hate myself. Let's go. <laughs> and then he gets his arm cut off. Well, you know, I think I think it's Steven's character for the rest of the show, basically. He's like, damn, I hate myself. Yes, I hate he myself. He literally jumps head first off <laughs> a set of stairs. <laughs> Dumbass. That's why we forgive him later. Some of us at least. I forgave him. Because he's, he's the idiot. most repent of all the characters, he's the most repentant. Right. Can, can we just appreciate like the way his body language changes towards the end? How it's like says something that upsets Boji. He's not even saying anything about Boji. He just says something that upsets Boji, and he's like, oh, 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 oh. he's like, Hand yeah, he's over like, face. he's a completely different character by the end of the series. I love it. Yeah. He goes for like the great grandest change. The, the transformations in general with this show is so good. I loved how he did with everybody. Again, good character economy. No one is the same after the series yeah. is over. Everyone changes. It's great. So they go into the underworld where they meet the number four ranked king. Number one. He, yeah. He's the current king of the one underworld. At the very end, he is the one who is offered the prize. Yes. What? Yes. Yes. Did, did you Are you guys talking about manga? Because I haven't read anything in the manga. No, this happened in the anime. He he's he's offered the number one spot when this is all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wait, you're right. That's right. Okay, I was wondering about that guy. So he was that's why the ranking guy was. That's why the ranking guy came up to me. I was like, oh. What's his name? I gotta look up his name because he you know deserves. I need, I need to see that freaking Desha. I need to Desha. see a couple of those uh, episodes again. Desha, King Desha of the Underworld. So he goes there. The note that they are escorting, like they're delivering, is actually a permission slip for Boji to get training to get stronger. And Desha goes, he reads the letter and gets pissed. And he goes, this letter wasn't meant for me, dumbasses. And he tears it up and he says, leave. There's a tantrum. And so Boji and Dakai are like, God damn it. So they go, they're about to leave. And one of the guards goes, hey, that letter wasn't to King Desha. It was to his brother, the greatest motherfucking character in the entire Love series. That guy. Despa. Oh my god, how hard we pushed to get Val to get cast as Despa in the English dub. Oh, oh man. An immense slight, man. Oh my gosh, Val was born to play Despa, and I'm oh, so Oh no, I, I could totally see it. I mean, because like the Despa fact that- Despa is another, he looks like your Gaston. Not quite your Gaston, he's more fruitier. Prim and proper. Prim and proper, he's got puffy pants. He's like the, he's not Gaston, he's not Gaston. He's like Prince Charming. He's like Prince Charming, super conceited. He's a pretty boy, but the man is a combat genius. Yes. And he makes a living. He's basically, he's who Data should have been. Whereas Boji should be the proper king. This is the prince. This is the prince regent who just basically lives on his own and he makes money doing consultation jobs. He's a grifter, but he will give you your bang for your buck. He's not a con man. Right. He does con work to, to instill confidence in his clients. My favorite line from him, you can insult my student, but you can't insult me. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm looking God. at the English cast right now. Oh, you know why I didn't get the role, Val? Because they gave it to Chris. Oh. They gave it to Sabit. Oh. So we have to concede. Everyone bow down to Grandpa Sabit. Anyways, uh, I, haven't, I haven't, have you guys watched the English no. dub yet? Mm -mm. I, I watched half of it with regularly spoken about, uh, Animator man Jax and uh, Jax? We, we, okay. were, we were really enjoying it. Actually, really, is it good? I'm gonna re I'm gonna rewatch it in English. It's so. a it's a pretty good dub. It's a oh, it's a good it's cast. A solid it's dub. a good cast. Even though you're not in it, it's still a great cast. <laughs> no, no, because I, I just wanted to like stay updated. So I've been like watching the sub. His fucking song Wan guy. That's the reason why I got ballsy enough to get you in there. Because fucking song Wan was in there. <laughs> so like they definitely were higher in the the the, uh, the internet funny man. But like True. you know, I, with Despa though, like. Despa's character, like how, like he's he's driven by money, but he, it's not evil. Like that's that's amazing. You could do that. Yeah, I like that. He's just trying to make a that's living. Good, that's good motivation. It's good motivation. You want to make money. He's who Chaco should have been. He's got a very <laughs> on-off, seemingly 
He's got a strained relationship with his brother where it's not like they don't talk or cooperate when need be, but they clearly have different goals where um, Desha is obviously more involved in like, you know, running the kingdom, making sure everyone's happy. And he, he comes off as like this super evil dude, the king, and yet he is not conceited. He looks like a demon king in, in Japanese like trope style. He looks like the demon king, but he's a very good king. Yeah. All of his people are happy. He like toppled a tyrant, that tyrant being his father. Yeah, yeah. again, he, the number, as suspected of the number four ranked king. Well, he, well, he's number one. Now, number yeah. one. And, and that's why they get confused. Because they go because they go to the town square and they find that his statue is beaten up and they go, But to be a number four king, people by default, people should if you're in the top ten, your subjects should fucking love you. Mm. Why is his statue all beaten up? Why is the head removed? And they realize that Desha did it himself. He keep, okay, you keep jumping back and forth. Was he number four at the beginning and then became number one at the end? Is that what happened? Yes. I will look this up. He was right number four now. to start, and then in the very end, he is met by the ranking committee, and they go, We're taking you to the treasure, you're number one. And he's like, Fuck yeah, I don't want it, but I'm kind of morbidly curious. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, specifically, specifically. He's the king of the underworld and was ranked the number two king in the world for many years until unforeseen circumstances caused him to be number one in the world. Oh, oh okay, so he was number, number two. two. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry, Dash, Desha. We fucking, we, we, uh, we undersold him. He's the number two king. So again, going back to we that point. We are not worthy. So the fact that his statue was all beaten up and like, what the fuck is that about? You realize that Desha did himself because Desha has got a little bit of body dysmorphia. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Hates his face. He's kind of like, because he, he's wow. actually very self-conscious about his looks. And Despa, Despa's a pretty boy. And he's kind of jealous of his younger brother, who's the pretty man, and gets to be the swashbuckler and make money and just kind of live a, a pretty fair he life. He has more freedom than the king, yeah. Yes, exactly. Again, it's a nice foil to Daida and Boiji's relationship, where it's like, being king isn't all it's cracked up to be, man. Mm. And, and I like this, but going back to Despa. So Despa agrees to teach Boji for a price, which they pay because they're they're royals. They have the money. Yep. And so they do. And he teaches Boji about how to split atoms. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the most insane thing in the world. That's the kind of that's shit that right. I write and I love. Where he's like, okay, Boji, you're weak as shit. So I'm going to teach you theoretical physics. And that's how you're going to win fights. Through his speed. He's so fast. And so precise that he could he can literally find the weak point of any yeah. object or person, and it just breaks. Yeah, and he uses and he basically uses boxing as a as an analogy for how to win fights. Yeah, he says you're going to hit certain points. You're going to hit a weak point, and you're going to make them hesitate. And it's those moments of hesitation that is when you strike. I'm like, oh my god, Despa is the coolest. This is why Domus like really made me angry like back at the game. He's like, Boji, that is not swordsmanship of the king. Like yes. I guess we could all agree that like, you know what? You're 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 a piss boy, Domus. You're just a that's, big old that, piss that's, boy. That's why we hate him because Domus is a Domus is like Harold is like one of the greatest sword fighters of the kingdom. But then you meet Despa and you go Fucking overhyped. Yeah. As expected of the number nine kingdom, when number two kingdom has Despa. Exactly. See, that that's the issue with uh Dorsha as a teacher though. He he's like really great at what Dorsha does, but he's very obtuse and reductive and basically doesn't really see the value when someone is under him, he doesn't see the value in their skill set versus his skill set, evidently. Right. Exactly. If they, if they can't do what he does. They might be good at something else, like Boji literally shows off, he's super quick, he can dodge like anything you throw at him, but he's like, well that's not the way a man fights. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's because, I think specifically because Dorsha, I, I believe he mentioned this, he tries to mimic boss's fighting style, but with his sword. Yes, Where he basically boy. just comes in at you with everything he's got and this immen immense power. And I think maybe he's trying to make it that Boji lives up to that, essentially. It's very frustrating because, like, he's nothing but power. And it's like, you know, like, that's why, you know, we didn't like him for the longest time until, you know, later events. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, so, yeah, so he gets, Boji gets trained, and while this happens... There is basically like an insurrection that begins in Boji's old kingdom. All these rogues start showing up, and then there's a backyard, like there's like a back gate opening to the underworld, who is now like planning some kind of coup, takeover. 
basically everyone's attacking the kingdom because now they they now everyone senses the instability. Yeah, boss in is dead. Kingdom. There's there's like arguments over who should actually be king because evidently like apparent they they don't do a very good job of showing this, but Boji had people on his side. Yeah, that or or at least people that wanted. I believe they mentioned this. People that wanted to use Boji essentially. Because they, he comes off as so naive and weak and easily manipulatable yes. that they would be like, well, if Boji's king, we can just get him to do whatever the fuck we want. It would be like an Ivan the Terrible kind of thing where Ivan the Terrible took over the throne as a child and all of his Russian consorts or whatever treated him like absolute shit until he became like an adult. And then he was like, yeah, I'm getting every one of you back. Yeah, so all these kingdoms sense the instability and Moranjo, the main villain, seizes his opportunity to assassinate the royal family so there's no more distractions. So it can just be her and King Boss and Dida's body happily ever after. And so fights ensue and eventually, in the middle of this, we get revealed another like, this dude in armor, completely class in armor is invincible. You cut his head off, he grows it right back. Uh, he, he's he's like invincible. Yeah, it, it reattaches. It's a black ooze is constantly reforming. So this is Oaken. This is the brother of Daisha and Despa. So now you understand Despa's hidden motives as well as Desha's. They're trying to take advantage of the situation to get a wish from... So Moranjo made a wish with a demon. And Boss made the same wish too. Boss, Boss wished to be the number one ranked king. Mm. And so that's that's the reason why Boji is born tiny. Well, no, he he wished to be the strongest man in the world. Yes, yeah, you're right, you're right. And so, and he got it, but it came at a price where he's like, I'm gonna take that strength from your firstborn child. That's why Boji, it's not why Boji is deaf or mute, but it's because that's why he's tiny and not a giant like his father. And weak, yeah. Why, why they took away his, like, what strength what uh, yeah. Boji would have had. Is his potential strength. And that's, imp and that's very important because Boji's disability is a very important thing about the series. It's one of the most defining factors of this series. The fact that the disability is just part of the characterization. It doesn't come into play in terms of getting giving him any special powers or anything. He just lives with this. Right. And it affects the way that others interact with him. Some character, you could learn a lot about, about a character um, depending on if they use sign language around him or if they just make Boji read their lips. It's a very great visual tool. Sign language and animation in such a visual medium is a joy to see. I, I just, everything, this, everything that Boji's disability brings to the table adds so much to the series. And it's just good to see a protagonist with a disability. It makes them very unique. It brings it brings it. in like a lot of immersion. And you know, like you said, you didn't have to make a daredevil out of this show, which was amazing exactly. because what they did is they actually added more skills to him. Not only his speed, but he has incredible eyesight. He, he very perceptive. Yes. So like not only yes. perceptive like with the eyes, but like with his hands too, because he's very sensitive. It's it's really cool to like see because like what was it? It was based off of like uh. Like, like airwaves, he literally felt like um like yeah. air pressure from like certain. And this like, is, yeah, and this isn't this isn't his deafness enhancing his other abilities. Right, it's this just is him adapting he to a harsh life. Yeah, in the mid Middle Ages, where you are deaf and you and people are kicking the shit out of you. Absolutely, yeah, because they hate you. He's gotta be on his fucking toes, even though he still is naive and trusts people. His physically, his body's like, you gotta adapt. And and those are the skill pieces that he develops throughout the series that goes on. He keeps developing upon that, and that's why he becomes the fighter that he does. So going back to that insurrection, Boji returns and he starts kicking ass. And he gets on an even kill fight with Oaken, this invincible man. And it gets to the point where it's like immovable object versus unstoppable force. They can't win, but they've got a kingdom to save. Something has to give. This is when Boss and Dida's body shows up, and freaking one of the coolest moments in the series, he literally beats Oak into a pulp, ball, rolls him in a ball, and then sticks him inside a rock. So he can't grow back, mm. he's just stuck as a ball. And that's sick. So they're like, alright, now we can continue our fight. Where one of the greatest pieces of anime animation I've ever seen. Wait, did it's we skip something? It's beautiful. 
Please look up. What did we skip? I think I. Well, I mean, I guess we didn't talk about that much, but like we skipped like like he defeated the giant orc, which that guy had a background. And then it he was he, he was there, yeah. but he was gone. So yeah, yeah. so but, like as basically Boji's beating bosses and getting allies. He's during this insurrection, he meets an orc. And he gets, he beat, this is the first time we see Boji really testing out his skills in full. And he beats mm. an orc, and that orc becomes his best buddy for a while. Until he's taken back by the Underworld Kingdom. Um, they, they reclaim him. Yeah, luckily, Boji, Boji like parlays. Boji like parlays yes, safety, exactly. basically. Yeah. So like I said, that's, Boji's working his way up. And like I said, that's where we get to the king boss fight. That oh God, is just... Yeah. I can't describe it. You have to go watch it. Go watch but, Boji yes, versus can. King Boss. It is, it is an art form that is, like, you, you might think at first, Attack on Titan, but done better. They There was a lot... Of, the, the Basically, this is done by Studio Wit. This is done by, I'm looking up right now, by at least three different directors taking turns. Wow. Two, two or three directors taking turns. And they all have a distinct style, and they don't they don't try to you can tell when one or the other is taking over because the style shifts. We get this fisheye lens look. Mm -hmm. the, everyone has a very distinct style, and instead of all trying to like merge together and get this messy look, everyone, every main animator and their teams is allowed to go crazy. And one of these animators and their teams likes to use blender. They like to mix blender in and get these crazy long shots and angles and they were given the big fight because there were there were no egos on this team they said hey you're the crazy motherfucker you get to do the craziest fucking fight of your life and it's gonna be our final fight and it is insane it is sicko mode it is um, it's it's the third to last episode i do believe yeah. if i'm not mistaken you should watch it, everyone. It's required viewing an anime. I do believe now. Not just like you know for for the anime, but like you know for for artists like in general, like yeah, not but only for animation in general. Yeah, it is required viewing. Yeah, you're watching. It, it is one of the most consistently animated shows I've seen in a while. This is where the bar got raised. We're like, all right, we are in the digital age where we are we are we we're not abandoning 2D traditional art. We are combining it with all the new tech that we have, and we're trying something new. Like, you know, like, that moment you felt, like, with the, um, uh, what was it, Worldwide Smash, like, the big punch from All Might, like, when, when his time was over? It was, like, that moment, but again, like you said, bars That was a raised. story element. I'm actually, I was actually not impressed with that animation. Oh, right, sorry. Wait, you mean United <laughs> States of, you mean United States of Smash Freddy. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Worldwide was our version, <laughs> but no, um, I think a better way is, um, I mean, most of our fans here watch My Hero Academia. We're talking, like, Heroes Rising and World Heroes Mission level, like, finale yeah, attacks. huge. In terms of that quality of animation, we're seeing this in a TV anime. It's, it, it's, it, it, it is incredible. I don't feel like the bar was necessarily raised for animation, but I feel like they just met a very, like, slightly above a standard, because lots of anime have that dipping quality that is majorly noticeable and there was only one episode where I felt like some of the directing was a little bit off and I saw other people agree on that. I, I, I want to say it was about episode uh, 16 or so. It, it, it was when they were all in the dungeon. Yeah, no, 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 we did. We, everyone, everyone knows it because me and Steve, because this is when Steena was visiting and we were watching, this is the one where my mom said, that sounds like Homer Simpson. <laughs> Um, yes, that was an episode because all they were doing is standing and talking. Mm. And which I always know is this this is like it's almost like a moment in a video game where you're about to hit the boss and also all the healing items are there. Right, so so it was like the preparation. Like you know you know they're saving their energy, they're saving their time, their budget, their strength, because they're about to go nuts. Yeah. And that's the kind of moment. I don't think that was a dip in quality. I think that was restraint. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that, like I said, I didn't think it was bad. I just felt like the direction was different. It, it was like slower. Because it, it, it was, because it was. Yeah, because it was. Um, But yeah, so we get that grand finale. And so then we get more context. We learn about Baranjo's past. And that's where we get to what we were talking about, the forgiveness. So Bose finally concedes his body back to his son, Dida. Mm. His soul goes away, and Moranjo, the, the mirror that Moranjo's soul's in, they break the mirror. So both their souls go to the great beyond. But then a giant demon shows up and eats Moranjo's soul. 
and boss absolute heartbreaking is like oh my god literally the last thing boss sees with his mortal soul is the love of his life get fucking eaten by a demon mm -hmm. and it's fucking metal it's, as fuck it was terrifying I, I wouldn't call Moranjo the love of his life I think he genuinely loved his giant wife I think he loved I think, I think, he, loved, I think he loved his giant loved wife both. I think he loved the queen the step queen I think he loved yeah. everyone I, he did he clearly regretted what he did he said I was pursuing strength and there was a time during those flashbacks where he goes you know what Things were chaotic when I was pursuing strength. I just like spending time with people, with the people I love. I, I want to sit back on that fucking beach again, Mirajo. How about you? Because that that fucking sucked. And it's like, okay, I'm I'm gonna take you to the demon now. Let let let's get you buffed up. And then he's like, gets what he wants. And he's like, this is meaningless. This is me. This, yeah. this strength is fucking meaningless. So he moves on. Mirajo is eaten by the demon, and then they proceed. And then Dida proceeds to rescue Mirajo. Boji and Dida rescue Baranjo from the demon and that this is where the whiplash happens where Dida then suddenly goes because that's this 12 year old boy yeah which we're missing when Dida is in with with the true Moranjo soul in the in the mirror realm in the darkness he learns a lot so in this darkness Dida can't see anything and this is why he learns to see things through even though even though Boji's deaf Dida has to move with a disability he can't see he is blind and he has to learn to adapt to that and he goes this is kind of like how my brother has to deal with the world. Mm -hmm. Or that old man I mocked that one time, and then Bevan yeah. was like, fuck you, learn. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is how Dida learns that as much as he's committing to his cause, he does have to show restraint. He does need, before anything else, show compassion. So that's what makes the forgiveness angle work, because then he rescues Moranjo and goes, Moranjo, I know you're a fucking war criminal, and I know, but I know you were just doing this because you were in love. And... This is where things get weird. I have fallen in love with you. <laughs> yeah, I was. And he turns about that, to like... the step queen and goes, "Mother, do not arrest this woman. She is my wife." <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Like, what is the age? It difference? was crazy, but know? again, as fucked up as this series is, it is a fairy tale story. This is no different than anything you would see in a classical Disney movie. Yep. Except he has a greater relationship because he spent time with Moranjo. He definitely has fallen in love with her. I swear to God, I might be wrong, but I swear to God, somewhere in his wish, they aged Moranjo down or something. Cause she seemed way shorter than in any other version that we'd seen her in. Right, and she did look younger, so like, did she go back? We can't get around the fact that she groomed Dida. Yeah. And now Dida's married. But she's not, it's not that, that not, Moranjo's not- Stockholm Syndrome, no! No, 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 it's like that, it's like that American Dad episode where it's like, look, I have something to confess. He, uh, he didn't molest me. I, I, I came onto him. I don't know why Jesus. I wanted him. I but just anyway, wanted so him. <laughs> she's like, I don't deserve that. I really should be in prison and stuff. And then Bebin's like, no. Become the queen. Come die his wife. And tell this story. Make sure that no one repeats your mistake. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, fuck yes. Yeah, she like vows to make everyone's life better. You, your story should improve other people's lives. To show that you can take dedication and love too far. Her story wraps up so well everyone else's because there's these are stories about compassion and love and dedication and duty and they, they all just come together so well. That's why I can forgive this rapid forgiveness cycle. Mm. So that's what happens. So, but Dida concedes the crown back to Boji. He goes, you know what? You should be the king. You're the one that brought us all together. So Boji becomes the king and Kage, his loyal sidekick, the Shadow Clan dude, is like barely mentioned. Well, I know, which is bad. Wait, no, 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 hold on, hold on. I, I, I don't want you to forget this. Because he's just, a, he's just the fervent supporter. That's all the really is to say about. No, him. no, no. He's more than the fervent supporter. I don't want to spoil it because we should leave something up to mystery for the audience. No, I, I know, but there's one thing I didn't want you to forget because, like earlier, you were talking about how, like, you know, Boji had to be on his toes because he had to like dodge everybody, right? If you remember, when he was being tossed in the air, he kept dodging everybody because he was, I think he was still in that mental state where he's like, Oh my god, why are people leaping towards yes. me? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so when they hail him the new and king- Kage, And then Kage takes him by the hand, he's like, Boji, you don't have to dodge people anymore. Exactly. And his mother looks at him and she sees radiating off of this tiny- dark thing. Because she also felt guilt because she was like, I took away his confidence and then Kage's like, well, I'll give it back. Yeah. I didn't want you to miss that important scene. Yeah, and, and she respects Kage for this, but Kage on his own goes, well, I just raised a king off to my next adventure 
why would a Shadow Clan gremlin piece of shit like me have any place here? I've done my job, I'm going. And so he leaves, and Boji's the king for a little bit, but his heart is not into it. And the queen notices, and she goes, find the place where you shine brightest mm -hmm. and never leave. And I think that place was with Kage. Damn of right. And Boji's yeah. like, and Boji goes, fuck yeah. He leaves. Him and Kage are now a two-man team. They're going to go found their own kingdom. Yes. While Daida takes over the old kingdom. And that's the end. And what a perfect ending. It was so goddamn joyous. I don't know if it's going to actually end, though. If it does end, that is a perfect ending. If it, if we only get this one season, that's fine. I want a season two though. I want more. I want the. I want to read the manga. Where did the manga go after this? So so here's the thing. I I did actually look this up because I was really because I really wanted another season. But so they said like they used every single volume they had out there to make this anime. So right right now like they're in production, but it's gonna be a while. We might be sitting on this for like another three or four years. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I know animation-wise, we will not get it. We either will never get another one, or it's going to take four years minimum. Well, I mean, there was the thing where Studio Wit said themselves, Ranking Kings may very well be their last passion project for a really long time, because apparently the company is not doing so hot. No, hey, hey Val, no anime company is doing well right now. Anime is growing faster than the industry can handle. Yeah. They, everyone is spread so thin it's a disaster people make jokes about the fact that mappa has too many projects because mappa has like absorbed like all these satellite studios like they'll say that mappa's in charge but it's like mappa is an amorphous blob right now M mappa is a fucking corporation more than a studio now they got that netflix money. and that's very upsetting i mean they make quality products when val and i do our bastions of anime that's something we forgot to mention, is uh, we promised last week that we were going to start talking about like the old bastions of it, the must-watches of anime, and today's analogs. That's, I think that's an, that's an ongoing theme of our um, podcast, Val, is that we talk about the things that we're going to do next week and then never do them. <laughs> so next week, as we're getting to the end of this episode, <laughs> next week, me, Freddie, and Val are not going to make a billion dollars and retire to South America. Wait, you said we're not going to make it, so that means we are going to do it, because we're not going to make a billion dollars. Yeah, that's the joke! Oh my gosh, Freddy! Wait, 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 wait. Can't we retire to wherever the fuck Porco Rosso is set? I know it's a real place in Italy. Oh, Italy! You want to go to Milan? Uh, I agree. Yeah, Italy, let's go. <laughs> yes, let's go there. Yeah, you're right, let's go I've there. I've been brushing <laughs> up on my Italian. Let's go. Yes! I want to open up a little cafe on, like, you know, the coast. A any final thoughts before we, before we, like, literally, like, pull the lever on this train and have it go straight to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, cause okay, we didn't talk much about like the the Oaken bits though. You know, at the end. Again, like I like, said, I wanna I wanna leave some mystery fans because I, I audience, have we sold you on a ranking of kings? Go watch Ranking of Kings because we just gave you the spark notes. There's a lot more mystery and a lot more things going on. Loads. And you should go see it. I I would like to talk about the gripes. Let's do it. Okay, all right. Yeah, let's all do right, it. Let's, let's do it. I, I, I've, already aired, I've already aired mine. What are yours? I, I asked you this when we originally talked about it. If you were writing Ranking Kings, would you have this many flashbacks? I believe you said no. Too many flashbacks. I agree, too many flashbacks. It is too many flashbacks, and yet those flashbacks are always entertaining. It's one of those yes. things where I'm always divided on things, because I can say, see, I wouldn't do this, or I don't really like that, but it's still entertaining to me. And at the end of the day, I just want to be entertained. Yeah, I mean, entertainment was like one of the lesser goals of this series. Like, it, or it succeeded at immediately and was doing other things. For, for sure, and like, uh, I would also say, friggin' love this, of course, and I love every single goddamn character, but I felt like it did lean too much in on swinging from one extreme to another extreme in terms of people's opinion on Boji. Where in my opinion, I feel like the most solid character, uh, two actually, in their opinions of Boji, being like reasonable were Apis, the uh, Spearman, and Bebin. Where Bebin is, Bebin is kind of like, I don't really care about Boji, but I'm gonna give him what I'm gonna do my usual, like, you know, protection of the royal family duty. I will refer to him with respect and everything, and I will like keep his best interest in mind, but I really couldn't care less about him on like a personal level. Or anything like that. This is purely uh, a job for him. Apis is just like, 
He is the rightful son. He is the pure blood son of King Boss. I am very loyal to him, as well as Moranjo. I want Boji to be in charge until, of course, he, like, gets a lot of information. I just felt like things where it's like, you can argue things like uh, the Queen, Queen Hilling, and her wanting to protect Boji from the responsibilities of the crown and everything could be reasoned with. But then, but then, the whole Dida thing, literally, like, yes, Moranjo. Moranjo is the key factor in all of this, but he literally, like, beats Boji half to death. That, that kid went psycho on him for a bit. I know, and but here's the thing about, about all these characters, all these, all this like criticism you have, I argue is what makes it so entertaining because in no, writing, for sure it does. I believe that conflict, exaggeration, hyperbole, and conflict help make a very entertaining story. Definitely. And this has that in spades. Also, how else are these characters going to grow? There's no other way for them to grow otherwise. Where's their starting point? It has to be from somewhere. That was all of their starting points. From one extreme to the next. It, it is more the implication of these characters do, these characters commit these actions, and then they think on all of these amazing, fantastical things that they know about Boji, that they feel for Boji. But it's like, if you cared about him to this extent, and once again, you could say, yes, exaggeration, entertainment, swinging from both sides, it's a roller coaster ride of emotions, and that, that is what this is. It's a very em emotional series. But I can't help but be like, come on, there's gotta be a middle ground somewhere. I still love it to death. I freaking, I, I think it's the best thing that's come out in a very long time, but I just can't help but be like, maybe in my ways of like, of my own ways of writing things, I'm like, come on. What the fuck? You had that kind of experience with him and you lay him up in bed for like, God damn, you cold motherfucker, Dida. It's like the Bakugo thing, Ivan. You know how I, I'm still like, Bakugo told him to kill himself. Like, he sure jump did. Out the and look where he is now. Shit. That's gross. Look where he is. I forgave him. Yeah, but you know, it took me a long time. I just think on that. I'm like, man, why does he hate him so much? Because he's very insecure. And, and, and as you see Baku as a character, and you see this hero society as it plays out, it makes perfect sense. No, no, I'm fine with Bakugo now. I think Bakugo is like... Yeah, no, absolutely. but I'm saying but that, that, that behavior he has, it makes perfect sense when you finally get the context of this society. Yeah, no, and dipping into he's My Hero Academia for a minute... most to be the best. It, that, that apology from Bakugo is very strong because of the setting that they're in. Like, he does yes. it in front of everyone for everyone to see humbling himself and like yes really more like, extremes and, and more really hyperbole. letting himself like open up and be vulnerable for a minute it's really good and i, I like dida's yeah. bit and everything uh at the very end too like his apology his acknowledgement um and goddamn i love i love this show so goddamn much. freddie uh freddie any criticisms you, you know at first i thought i really had like something but uh, i'll i i don't i think it's just because i i want well i guess if there was one small small thing it's just i i want more i want to understand the gods i want to understand where uh some of this like deeper lore comes from but obviously that's You're for, right they still left a lot yes the table, that's that's still they? for another day because like, it was but still it was uh because like without spoilers i guess it's so intense this little tidbit of information they throw at you for one episode and then it's just gone and they're just like like it's like oh here's a little tease but like that's that's for obviously for another time but i'm um, also well, no, they, they talk about the gods. They, they they talk about the gods, basically. They do, but there's still a lot left. They There's a lot of lore left no, on the table. Yeah, there's so much more. Okay, th there's a lot we could know about. There's a lot we could know about them, but there's a strong implication that basically kings like Despa or, or Desha, Desha and Boss rose up and basically took these guys out. Boss, when he got the power from the demon, like, you know. This is why I was voting spoilers but it's fine. <laughs> no, that's worth mentioning. Yeah, it's worth mentioning. The gods are basically, like, either still around and just, like, uh, uh, hobbled, basically. They're kind of licking their wounds, right? Basically, at the current time, the gods are licking their wounds. Humanity has risen up. We're, we're starting to see humanity begin to modernize. We're, we're at the cusp of that. Yes. See, I don't, I, I don't want them to, like, keep on explaining that stuff or anything like that. I think they, they got it perfectly, where, like, if you really yeah. pay attention to, like, little bits and here and there, you get a really good sense of the yeah, world. Yeah, basically what came before was the ancient times, and now we are just hitting the Middle Ages. That's what I'm saying. There's probably next season, like, where, like, you know, you do actually, like, see them fight. 
but like also like to, to quickly answer like you know uh, what you were talking about before Balx like I feel like with these um, with these characters and like their the, the strange coldness that they have it's because like it creates such a deeper sense of understand for the characters no oh, yeah I, I, as Ivan said yeah I understand that I there's just a there's there's just a point where I'm like on a realistic no, that, level that's I'm the like thing. it feels more realistic this way it honestly does I would never I would never do that to I would never do that to you Freddy because I wanted to protect you I wouldn't beat you half to death. I, I know, I know Because Frank, Frank, Val, Val, because you're a real-life person. <laughs> I know, I know. Character. But there are people who feel like this. Freddy, Freddy, I wouldn't bonk you on the head and make funny lump that plays xylophone <laughs> on it. No, but Holmes is like, there, I wouldn't, there I wouldn't are blow people. my hand up and make a big, giant, inflatable fist and punch Freddy. <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> no, but all I'm saying- I couldn't do it, because I couldn't do it physically. It's impossible. You know We're not cartoons. Ivan, we love Freddy so much. Let's throw him on the fucking train tracks right now. Let's do, Let's do it! Get here, Freddy! Come on! Get here! Why did I? Why did I sign up? It's for a, it's this? the trolley. It's the trolley experiment. Yeah, yeah. Okay, on three, Ivan. On three, Ivan, and then we cut it, and we'll leave everyone wondering: okay. Did he die? Did he survive? You'll find out. I'm putting in my cape and my mustache. Do -do 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 -do. Heave ho! Heave <laughs> ho! Heave <laughs> ho! The audience will never know my full thoughts. Mind the gap as you exit our podcast safely. Rebuild of Joycast is hosted by Ivan Leroy and Valentine Stokes. Leroy's written and directed works can be found on the Joyride Entertainment YouTube channel and the soon-to-be-released original web manga, Paramedic. Val's dulcet tones can be heard in many of your favorite anime and web series, such as Ruby, Death Battle, Tribe 9, Lackadaisy Cats, and more. This episode's guest was voice actor Freddie Hines, who you can hear in My Hero Academia, visual novel Highway Blossoms, and the Fairy's Tale audiobook series. This episode was edited by Stina Carey, with YouTube version edited by Cody Rock. Music provided by Lo-Fi Geek. Intro and outro narration by Stina Carey. Outro music composed by Michael Payovich. Logo and visuals designed by Ivan Leroy. Rebuild of Joycast is produced by Joyride Entertainment and Rock Voice Productions, LLC, and made possible thanks to Patreon donations from generous listeners like you. This month's highest-tiered Patreon producers are Mr. Host, Austin, Jairo Medina, and Gooner Bear. If you would like your name shouted out at the end of each podcast, an invite to our private Discord to interact with fans, cast, and crew, or early access to all of our content, be sure to check out Joyride Entertainment's Patreon. Links provided in the description. Thank you for keeping Joyride's engine burning.